Welcome to episode 88 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week, my guest is Charlene Wilde. Charlene served in the Army, and she met her husband while on active duty, and then she left the military to be a military spouse and stay-at-home mom. She chose to stay home for 10 years while her husband was deployed regularly and with them moving every two years. She decided to re-enter the workforce and found it was difficult but well worth it and currently works at the Air Force Mutual Aid Association. It's another great episode and I can't wait to get started. So let's dive right in. You're listening to the Women of the Military podcast where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm Amanda Huffman. I'm an Air Force veteran, author of Women of the Military, and a collaborative author of Brave Women, Strong Faith. I am also a military spouse and mom. I created Women of the Military podcast as a place to share stories of military women past and present with the goal of finding the heart of the story while uncovering the triumphs and challenges women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Welcome to this show, Charlene. I'm excited to have you here. Well, thanks. It's, it's great to be here. Let's get started with why did you decide to join the military? Well, um, it was kind of an easy decision for me, but not one that I had planned for years, like my whole life. Both my parents were um, in the military, and so it was never something that was a brand new topic in our house. But whenever I was going through college and I couldn't quite decide what I wanted to do with myself, and I had changed my major like three different times and um, really was struggling of what I was going to do, um, that I just happened to go to a, a college fair at a university that I transferred to. And there was ROTC desk there. And I was like, oh, well, I hadn't even thought of that before. And it was just like all the lights went off for me. And I was like, that is a great idea. And so that was the kind of the, the structure that I needed at that time of my life. And then that I just turned into a great segue for me to start off my career. And you mentioned that you were a military kid. I am. So my father, he served uh, 21 years in the Marine Corps. Um, and my mother, actually, she was one of the the few uh, women Marines. And that's how she met my father. So I was always kind of a, uh, and our house was always very structured. and <laughs> And it was just kind of a different way to grow up, I guess. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned that you went to a career fair and found out about ROTC. Did you know anything about ROTC before that? I did. And I I knew that it was there. I guess I never really thought it applied to me from where when I grew up at that time that it wasn't really the only people that I heard that they were really trying to recruit were um, were men or uh, nurses. And if you didn't fit into one of those two fields, my perception at that time was that it didn't apply to me. Um, and so that was kind of an eye opener for me of when I started talking to someone and to the recruiter there that I was like, oh, this is open to like normal people, to a woman like myself. I, I hadn't even just dawned on me. I hadn't thought that it was available to me that I could just you know, I I could still serve um, without being a nurse. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think there's a lot of like just stereotypes that kind of like get in your head that you're like, oh, well, that doesn't even apply. And then when I found about ROTC and even just the military in general, it's like, oh, I could do this. Exactly. Um, and I think that part of that as well is that my mother, she was in the Marine Corps at a very, very different time in the 60s to where, you know, she was in the, you know, the women Marines where I heard about her stories my whole life where, you know, they only had to wear skirts all the time and she had to wear lipstick every day. And, you know, all these stories, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) that is not something I want to do. And so that was just kind of, it was an eye-opening event for me whenever I realized, oh, I could serve too. And without having to do that. Um, So that was really exciting for me. So what branch did you decide to join? Sure. I went into the, into the Army. And when I was in the Army, I was in the Chemical Corps because I had a, a bio major and a microbiology major. And so it's kind of fit right in. So you did ROTC and you said you talked about how that structure like helped you and got you where you needed to be. And then you went active duty. And where did you go first? So um, from for active duty, my first station was at Fort Hood, Texas. And so that was at the beginning when they were trying to stabilize uh, lieutenants for your first and second uh, lieutenant year times into one base. And so I was at Fort Hood for my all my lieutenant years. I started off with being a battalion uh, chemical officer with the aviation battalion and and then went on to being a platoon leader at a mechanized smoke company all inside of First Cav inside of in Fort Hood. And then from there, from Fort Hood, I went on to... Um, went on to, after Captain's Career Course, went on to Korea, um, where I was a company commander in a chemical battalion. And then after Korea, went on to Aberdeen Proving Ground, where I was an instructor um, at the Ordnance School. What was it like to go to Korea and see the culture and just, I mean, you were away from family and all the different things about being overseas in that area? I was, I got to be honest, I was being single and and I I was pretty scared at first because I had never left the United States before. But once I got there, it was cool. Even though it was a different time, it was right after 9-11 when I went to Korea. So everything was on lockdown. And so you couldn't go off base in your uniform and you had a curfew. And so those kind of things were just really bizarre time. But it was once I got used to it, it was it was really cool. It was I love to travel. And so it was kind of right up my alley of being able in a new culture, even though it was very different at first. Just the whole feel of not being able to communicate with the people outside was very scary. Yeah. And how were you there when September 11th happened? I got there right after. And so I got there in December after 9-11. And so I was, and when 9-11 happened, I was at the captain's career course. And so I remember I tried to get away, tried our branch manager. I tried not to go to Korea because I thought I needed to go somewhere else and, uh, and serve uh, where I I thought I'd be more effective, but they're like, nope, you're going to Korea. (laughs) I wasn't too excited about it at the time, but it turned into be a a wonderful experience. Yeah. And I think Sometimes you want to go somewhere, but then you're needed somewhere else and you have to fill. Each part of the mission is so important and critical to the military success. Yeah, it really is. And um, that was hard for me to grasp at the time. I, I just really, I think everyone that was, anyone who was serving at that time, you know, really just wanted to be part of it and just um, feel like they were 
contributing. And so that was kind of hard for me when they were like, no, you're going to Korea. So it was difficult at first for me. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you know what your plan for the 2020 school year is? With COVID-19, life has changed for all of us. And if you have kids, next year's school year doesn't look like what you expected last fall. For our family, we've decided to homeschool this year, but I'm not doing it alone. I discovered Clever Kid Curriculum with Stephanie Johnson. Stephanie has a TEFL teaching certificate has taught and tutored over 650 students and has worked with over 50 families to help them in their learning journey. Clever Kid Curriculum gives parents the tools to feel confident. Check out my affiliate link in the show notes and join me on the adventure of the 2020 school year. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, so I can't remember. Where'd you say that you went after Korea? I went to uh, Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland where I was an instructor at the ordnance school. Uh, I was the, the chem bio instructor for all the new lieutenants. <laughs> so that was really fun, actually. It was just kind of cool to see the whole little cycle coming around again. And so so that was, yeah, that was fun. But it was a, actually it was a great segue then for me to um, to get out as well. Is that where you met your husband? Well, actually, him and I met in Korea. Um, and so we were both company commanders together. And from that time that then we tried to get stationed together and he had already had orders to uh, Aberdeen. And so that was where Branch uh, found a place for me. That's good. Yeah, yeah it was good. So. so did you guys get married before you left Korea or? Yeah, we got married at the embassy uh, the uh, the embassy in downtown Seoul and our Birkenstocks. And it was, as we always look back, like, yeah, we had such a fancy wedding. <laughs> so, um, and so, and the main reason we did get married was so that we could get stationed together at the follow-on assignment. Yeah, because you can tell the military, well, we really like each other. Like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, we care less if you like each other. You're not married. Fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you guys were able to get stationed together and you were dual military and you said that's when you transitioned out of the military. Why, why did you decide to transition out? Well, you know, it was a really difficult decision, but it was one that I haven't regretted since. Right after we uh, were stationed there, he got orders to deploy and um, we found that I was expecting. And as we were kind of processing all of that, it just happened to be that he deployed when my son was six weeks old, about the same time I had to go back to work. And so it all happened all at one time where, you know, now I'm a, a army spouse, I'm still active duty and I have a newborn child. Oh, now I'm going to be single mom too. And so that was just like all at one time. And and I didn't leave right away because I was like, no, you know, you're not going to give in to your emotional side and you're going to you're going to stick this out. But it, it just it made sense for my family and for myself at that time that with the deployments happening more and more that I, I was scared that I would deploy as well. I didn't really want my son to to be raised by someone else. And that was just a decision that we came to together that so I decided to get out so that I could be home with him. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't realize like that's the reality that 
especially at the time, like a few years after September 11th, where dual military families really did have to worry that they make you have the family care plan of who's going to take care of your kids. That was not something that you just put on paper. It was like a reality of what you might have to face and what the struggles were. It really is. And when you're hit with that reality, and it is a very real thing that's going to be happening in your life, and you know it's going to come to you eventually, that, you know, that that's no longer just a paperwork drill that you're doing. You know, this is probably going to be happening. And it was a, you know, a harsh reality check for me and um, for my husband. And we were like, you know, he gave me the complete decision. He's like, whatever you want to do. And I just, I, I didn't want to put my son through that. And sometimes people have asked me because I got out and my husband stayed in. Was there any other discussion about like you staying in and him getting out? Or was it always just that you would get out and that he would stay in? No, actually, we had that uh, very real discussion where, and he'll tell you to this day that he always has thought that my career would come further than his. But I think that what it came down to was that his unit was already deploying and he was in a rapid deploying unit. And so it just kind of made sense for me, but it was not the automatic decision for me to get out. We, you know, kind of did our decision matrix like every good military officer does to decide what was best for our family. Yeah, I think decision matrix is like how I had to make the decision because like Mm -hmm. emotionally I like wanted to stay in, but then the reality of life, I couldn't see it so well until I put it on paper. And I like how you talked about how your husband was like already deployed. So like if you had stayed in, you would have had to stay in through the whole deployment time that he was gone. And then when he came home, then figured everything out and it would just delay the process and make it harder? Or is is that what I'm understanding? No, that is what you're understanding. And and we had already, like my branch manager had already kind of let me know ahead of time of like, hey, you know, your next assignment is, you know, at the next base down the road and you're probably going to be deploying. You know, the, they had given me this heads up. And so I knew this information. And and so that's what kind of made it a little easier for me is that he was already deployed. And so it just was made sense for us at that time. So how quickly after you said you had your six weeks of maternity leave and then you went back and then he was deploying and like life was happening. And how quickly was it between when you decided to get out and then got out? I think it was, it was six months afterwards. And so it was, yeah, it was about six months after I went back to work that I realized that that's not something that I wanted to continue doing while he was deployed like that. And knowing that his job that he was in, that he would deploy three, six months and then come back for a month and then deploy again. And so that's where his unit was doing. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of instability with him being gone and then with you having deployments. And I say that when it was just my husband and I before we had kids, it was complicated, but doable. And then with kids, it was like it just upped the ante and made it even more complicated and (laughs) harder to figure out. Yeah. And of course, you know, you never have family nearby. And so I, you know, it was all of our family was far away. And so, yeah, I look back at that time and I'm like, you know, how did I do that without any family support? Yeah, it just baffles my mind. So, yeah, it's not easy. No. So you separated from the military and did you decide to be a stay at home mom? I did. And I um, from that time, it was 
I, I yeah, it's decided to stay home for just for a while until he was um, a little older. And then we had our second son, um, you know, thanks to deployment, we had our second son there about a year or so afterwards. But I, yeah, I did stay home for 11 years, actually, because after he left that unit, then we ended up going overseas and then just didn't make sense for me to, well, I refused to work at the commissary or be a PX uh, checker. So, <laughs> so due to job availability, um, I did stay home. Yeah. And what was it like to leave the army and go from working, especially like you were working and kind of like single parenting while your husband was deployed and you had a kid at home and then you went from all those crazy responsibilities to being home. And not that being home is like super easy, but it's very different and challenging in different ways. So what was that transition like? Yeah, that transition was something that I didn't even expect to be difficult. I, at that time, there was just so much going on mentally. I thought, oh, okay, I just need to refocus and, and, you know, and figure out what role I'm doing today and what role I'm going to be. And that role, that transitioned turned out to be so awkward and difficult, just trying to then assimilate back into being a stay at home mom, which I had never experienced before, but back into like the FRG group where that's who my support system was at that time. I remember going into my first meeting after I'd gotten out and hearing some people complain about just kind of, I thought were trivial things were you know, I just wanted to stand up and say, just deal with it, you know, just <laughs> pull up your bootstraps and just carry on, you know, but then I realized, oh, well, not everyone thinks that way. And so I had to kind of check myself as I tried to figure out who I was um, and how this was going to, you know, play out that not to be you know, like abrasive and, and uh, overruling sometimes. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because at the time of we're recording this is when all the coronavirus stuff is going on. And I was in a Facebook group that was full for the spouse group that I'm in and they were complaining and I was just like, you know what? It's not that big a deal. And then I was like, maybe you need to calm down because I was getting very like, this is the mission. We need to follow the mission. And I was like, there's their military spouses. The training they've received. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, I have to constantly kind of check myself um, in in some. Yeah, that was probably the one of those difficult times for me. It was just kind of figuring out, you know, that I was no longer in a leadership position that I was, you know, quote unquote, just a spouse and quote unquote, you know, a dependent. And that was difficult. I I didn't expect that to be a hard mental transition for me, but it really was. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. And I felt when we were both active duty, the military kind of cared about like my career and his career and we were trying to manage. And then I left and they were like, phew, now we don't have to worry about her. And I was like, wait, what happened? Exactly. I felt the same way. Um, Even when I was transitioning out that, you know, now they have this big focus of everyone must go through soldier for life. Everyone must go through these transition courses. Make sure you have your resume ready. Make sure you do this. When I got out, it was like, well, if you want to go, go. If not, then okay. You know, that was really like, oh, all right. You know, and and it was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) I I just felt that it was just wasn't a big deal at all. And like you said, it was almost like a relief was taken off their back. Right. Yeah, I think it's changed a lot in the transition space since 
I left seven years ago, and so and you left about ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were pretty close. So I think I think things were starting to change for, but it was the early stages. And I felt really blindsided by like the emotional aspect. I didn't realize how much being an officer in the military was a part of who I am, who mm-hmm. I was. And then all of a sudden I was not that. Did you feel any of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was, like I said, that transition to the first time I was called a dependent really kind of threw me off guard and I wasn't ready for that that all of a sudden I had no vote and things or I was used to being in charge and just making decisions and just doing it and not thinking twice about it to when the first time we were uh, our first PCS after I got out, you know, of course he was gone. And so I was handling things and I was at the, at the office trying to arrange for the movers and the first time someone said, Oh, you can't do that by yourself. You need your sponsor. And that just threw me <laughs> totally off guard. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I, when I got my ID card renewed, it turned into this big drama thing because <laughs> it didn't send the paperwork the way they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but all the other times I just would come in and get my ID card and it was like no big deal. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh no, you need your sponsor and they can't just sign the paperwork. They have to be with you. And I was just like, it's just an ID card. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was really hard for me. And I think that I didn't really grasp that. I think in maybe like two years later of really, did I really grasp the whole idea of being a dependent and it was okay with it. It took me a couple of years to really kind of assimilate, I should say, <laughs> into being a military spouse um, from being a military sponsor. So that was definitely a, a journey I had to take. Yeah, I think that's a good way to talk about it because I I was really active in my husband's spouse's group while I was on active duty and I felt like I was a spouse. But then when I left and I was like, oh, these are all these lists of challenges that I didn't face because I was in the military. And so it was kind of like I was married to someone in the military, but then I had this like totally different experience because I wasn't dependent on him the way that, you know, the military forces spouses to be dependent on their anything like it it really is like if you want to get your ID card renewed, you have to go with your spouse to Mm -hmm. the ID card office. And when you're moving and your husband or wife wants you to take care of these things, but you're the you're not the service member, some of those things you can't do and they have to do and it, it really makes it challenging, especially to go from being in the military to not and be like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Yes, yes, exactly. And, it, and I think that was a journey for my husband, too, because he was just so used to me just, you know, just taking care of things and to where he's like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> so that was so we, we got through it. But I said it was probably a couple of years before I really was comfortable and was confident as a military spouse, though, and didn't feel awkward. Now you have transitioned out of being a stay-at-home mom and you went back into the workforce. So let's talk a little bit about what that transition was like and how it all happened. Yeah. And so um, when we were stationed overseas, I was I was ready to go back to work then, but there was a lack of, of jobs available. And so, but I knew that I, 
I needed to do something. And so um, before I actually started working full time, I started doing like home based businesses just to get my feet wet to kind of slowly transition from being a stay at home mom to working. So I did Pampered Chef for a while and I volunteered like crazy just to keep my mental um, everything going, going okay. And then when we moved here to Northern Virginia, that um, that's whenever I really just it was my full time job to find a job and not just find a job, but a career that was meaningful to me after the long break that I still had a desire to serve my military community in some capacity. And I was determined to do so. And so um, I, I went through Fort Belvoir for their spouse center there for, I just forgot the name of their center, <laughs> but they really helped me kind of go, they went to all the workshops and, and helped me build my resume back up. And, and through that, I did find the um, AFMA where I work now, which is for me, it was a perfect fit because it's a nonprofit that serves only military. And so for me, I was like double score. I get to do something that I believe in. And it was great. Yeah, that's great. And so that's great that you use the resources on base and that they helped you find a job. Is there any advice you would give someone who's like looking to find a job, especially if they've been out of the workforce for more than five years? Yeah. And took me a little bit, I would say a good month or so once I decided I was ready to figure out, okay, how am I, what's my game plan here? What's my, how am I going to accomplish this mission? And so it really just took getting your feet on the ground and getting on the computer and, and I Googled, you know, military spouse. I Googled what options were available to me. I knew I had these big bases nearby. And so it really just kind of took me, you know, just getting past my fear and feeling inadequate because I had been at home for so long. Once I got past my own fears that I just kind of dove in and, you know, drove to Fort Belvoir because um, I had found this web page on their Facebook page. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And so then I just kind of checked it out and said, you know, made myself an appointment and said, you know, really how do I start here? And they have advisors there on post that were like, sure, you know, we have these workshops and then they encouraged me to start going to uh, just job fairs just so I could get comfortable talking about myself and comfortable, you know, knowing what jobs are out there and what careers are available to me and what I'm really qualified for, because that was a big fear I had was, Oh, I'm not qualified for anything anymore because I've been out of work for so long. They helped me see that, no, just because you had a break from, you know, you know, quote unquote working that you're still very qualified and, you know, here's what you can do. And so once I got past my own fears and just kind of got my feet wet, went to job fairs and uh, went to workshops and just to get myself mentally back in the game. Yeah, that's great. And do you have the flexibility of being able to take your job with you when you move, or is that not something you're worried about right now? Well, we do, and AFMA does have a different avenues for that. But the position I'm in now isn't uh, isn't something that I could definitely I could move with. But what appealed to me at first was that uh, we also have something called Spouse Link Ambassadors, um, where we um, hire. We have certain bases that, you know, are, are great for our company. And so we have military spouses that we hire on those 
to do uh, events for us, that they do different tables, different fairs, whatever on different bases that to get our, our mission out there. And so I knew I always knew that was an option for me that if I decided to leave my uh, current position due to PCS. That's awesome that you were able to get that confidence and be able to get a job and do something that you love. I think that's a great success story and is really cool for people who are maybe discouraged or maybe they feel like they can't do it, but then now they know that there's resources. You just have to go out and find them. You know, and I think that's whatever. um, And with today's technology too, that there, I also went on Facebook and just kind of searched what resources were there. Um, And I actually found a couple of different Facebook groups that were people that were, uh, you know, career-minded military spouses group. And I was like, oh, this is great. And so I just kind of gathered a lot of their insights of, you know, how they went back to work or how they changed jobs when they PCS'd. And, and it was a really great avenue for me to ask questions that you're kind of afraid to ask in person sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like that's a great resource. I am in a military spouse entrepreneur group, and it's the same thing, like other military spouses who are entrepreneurs, and then you can ask those questions and get support. And I think if you want to work, if you want to own your own business, I'll put a link to the Facebook group, Mill Spouse Creative, and maybe I can get the Facebook group that you mentioned. So Mm -hmm. I can add that in the show notes so that people can find it. Because I think being with like-minded business owners or people who do want to work in having that resource is invaluable. And especially because it is digital and it goes with you and you don't have to find it again every time. Exactly. And then I will mention that another great resource that I found that helped me kind of gain my confidence was uh, the USOs that are our most military installations. Um, They actually have uh, networking groups that I started attending that you practice talking to another spouse and you write down like your your goals on paper and you talk to them about it almost like a mock interview. And so you're actually practicing getting yourself back out there. And that was really cool. Um, and then they have the coffee connections afterwards where you can practice, you know, talking, talking about yourself because everyone has to stand up and introduce themselves. And so that was, that was a great avenue for me as well. Um, and USO, their Pathfinder program uh, really just really helps a lot. Yeah, that sounds like a great resource. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I want to thank you for your time. And I wanted to make sure we didn't miss anything. I still have one more question, but I wanted to make sure we didn't miss anything from your time in the military and your transition out and going back to work. I guess the only thing that I would kind of want to mention is, you know, the AFMA that it was, they were such a great fit for me of, um, because they are a not-for-profit that only serve the military community, you know, through, um, and 45% of our employees um, are military spouses and active duty. And so it, it not only do they have a great mission, but they actually support the mission through hiring military spouses and veterans. That's awesome. And I'll put a link to AFMA in the show notes so that people can learn more about them as well. Great, great. And then my last question is, what advice would you give young women who are looking to join the military? You know, I would tell anybody who's thinking about going on that career path would just to be bold and to not second guess yourself. If going into the military is something that appeals to you 
or just as interesting to you not to be intimidated by you don't have to be a GI Jane to serve in whatever capacity that you can be yourself and and just to boldly follow your dream. That's great advice. I think sometimes we have this idea of what it means to be in the military. And you're right, you can just be yourself. And there are so many opportunities out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share part of your story. Well, thank you for having me. It's I always enjoy um, talking about um, just that time in service is encouraging anybody else who's thinking about joining the military or um, is afraid to go back to work after they've had a break to, to just, just be confident in yourself and to know that we can all serve. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. listening to this week's episode of women of the military podcast do you love all things women of the military podcast become a subscriber so you never miss an episode and consider leaving a review it really helps people find the podcast and helps the podcast to grow are you still listening you could be a part of the mission of telling the stories of military women by joining me on patreon at patreon.com slash women of the military or you can order my book women of the military on amazon every dollar helps helps to continue the work I am doing. Are you a business owner? Do you want to get your product or service in front of the Women of the Military podcast audience? Get in touch with the Women of the Military podcast team to learn more. All the links on how you can support Women of the Military podcast are located in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Music.